Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Another episode this week of Digger Man Sports. It's your boy Digger Man coming to you live from the A, where we represent those 49ers all the way in the Bay. All right, as you can see, my family and I was extremely excited on that first pick for the 49ers of the 2020 draft. And why not? Uh, you know, that's one of the picks that I anticipated and I selected in my mock draft. And it just makes sense based on the fact that we had just lost to Forrest Buckner. And uh, this guy wasn't even expected to be there at this point. Um, but Javon Kinlaw was there. And though we had uh, other needs, uh the defensive tackle, defensive end, uh, wasn't as deep in this draft as, so we say the, uh, shall we say the, the wide receivers and, and even the cornerbacks, the DB. So I uh, thought it was a great pick. And at this point, I'm just like, my whole body's just, just, just bubbling. Everybody's calling. I'm getting all these texts. And, man, what's going to be the next move? What's going to be the next move? What do you think? Who are you going to get? And got to admit, I was disappointed when I saw that we moved up and we lost those uh, that, that pick, that fourth-round pick that we had acquired uh, for moving back. And we also lost some additional picks to go along with that to move up. And we selected uh, the wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. Um, got to be honest, initially I, I was, I was a mixed feelings, I'll I, I be honest. Um, Kind of thought it was a good move, but then again, I thought about it, and I'm just like, I think we gave up too much when, in my mind, regardless of if that was the man in in Shanahan and John Lynch's mind, that when you look at the overall receiver class, in my opinion, the drop-off couldn't have been much different to the next receiver that you that you were in love with. Obviously, this is the guy they were truly, truly in love with, and uh, they wanted to sign those marriage papers. So, um, anyway, um, I just think that you could have fell back again um, at that 31st pick. You had several teams that could have moved up. I believe Indianapolis was a team that I initially thought would probably uh, move up. You've already had some dealings with them with the DeForest Buckner uh, trade, even Miami. Uh, acquiring an additional first-round pick, which I believe would have been their fourth pick in the first round. And it allows them to utilize a fifth-year option on those guys. So, um, you know, you still would have been able to pick pretty early in that second round. So you picked early in the second round, uh, not to mention no other receivers went uh, in the first round after we selected Brandon Ayuk. Hmm. So um, not going to cry over spilled milk. However, I do believe uh, we gave up too much. Um, but, hey, the highlight was picking up Trent Williams. Now, that was the move. Uh, Joe Staley retired, and you immediately plugged that guy in. That's a power move. And when you're in the position the 49ers are in right now, you have a great opportunity uh, continue to be relevant 
making Super Bowl runs right now. Um, so we, we definitely needed that left tackle uh, position to be filled and filled with someone we could count on. And it does give us an opportunity, uh, even with those guys we selected last year, to gain another year of experience behind another Pro Bowl uh, and, and probably a future Hall of Famer himself in Trent Williams. So uh, kudos to that. Uh, now, with the remaining picks there, um, not as familiar with the offensive tackle, uh, Colton uh, McKivitz. Uh, however, uh, we did get another tackle, so uh, that'll give us another opportunity to uh, continue to strengthen that that old line and even for the future as well. And then we picked up uh, Charlie Warner, tied in out of Georgia, which I think is going to be a another one of those late round picks that that pans out really well for the 49ers uh, due to some. Things at Georgia, loss of uh, offensive coordinator, and um, the play calling began to get pretty vanilla. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the tight end play had diminished pretty much. But one thing uh, that's a plus uh, in this particular pick is with Georgia running the ball so much, that plays into our 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 strong suit because. One thing that we need from our tight ends and really anybody that's on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers is a willing blocker. So uh, with that piece already pretty much, you know, established, that's a great thing uh, with with that selection of Charlie Warner. Uh, Charlie was pretty much a good recruit, highly recruited uh, tight end coming out of high school, uh, decent speed uh, and hands. So. You know, like I said, I think he'll be a sleeper um, going into this year's uh, NFL season. I think that people uh, will, will, will not be planning for him early on, but I think he's going to really step it up. Uh, I think he has the tools and the skill set to be really effective for the team. So that should help kill out, take a little pressure off him. Um, and, hey, I'm going to go ahead and say since our brass felt so highly uh, about Brandon Ayuk that he's going to step it up and it's going to really open that offense up this upcoming season. Now, our last pick was Juwan Jennings. Uh, really fell off the radar because of his 40 time. Uh, big guy. He's about almost 6'4", uh, 218. Uh, very physical receiver when you look at the tape from Tennessee. Uh, the only thing uh, with that speed uh, he almost ran a four eight forty. That's dirt slow. But hey, uh, looking at the, the game tape, he was a monster. He was breaking tackles. Uh, he had a will to cross that goal line, and he had, I believe, nine touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he's a physical receiver, and that's something that uh, we lack in our receiving core. So. Uh, We'll see. It remains to be seen how how uh, things pan out. But, you know, we, we have Trent Taylor coming back. Uh, we have Jalen Hurd. So uh, the stable is full. The stable is full of receivers. So now it's just a matter of who's going to perform, who's going to produce, and allow Jimmy to spread that ball around. And, hey, you may have gained a few more seconds in that pocket with Trent. So 
hey, the 49ers may have done some some really good things despite the way I may have went about my business of, of choosing the team as far as the uh, the selections for the draft, but we'll see. I know my opinion, draft grades are overrated. You know, no one has touched the field at all, but, you know, this pers- this team has an A+, plus, this team has an A. So the 49ers were ranked uh, <clears throat> with a grade A. So, you know, again, I don't hold too much stock into it. Nobody's hit the field. Nobody's had any OTAs, no, no, no training. So we'll see. We'll see. But if everything falls into place, um, and, and I will say, since Shanahan and Lynch have uh, been a part of this organization, the overall drafts have really been like beyond measurable in comparison to the regime before them. So, um, I guess I have to believe in them for right now. Um, however, again, I can't say it enough. I, I think I would have done it a little different. Uh, the main thing or reason why we didn't address the cornerback position. So hopefully um, they know something I don't know uh, with who we already have um, on the roster. And we'll see how it pans out again. So. Again, they were rated an A. Uh, I give them a, a B minus. So, but anyway, that's part of the draft that I want to speak on in reference to the 49ers. And we're going to get some more teams uh, pretty soon. But right now, we're going to take a small break and we'll be back and we'll talk about a couple of the teams uh, that stood out to me in the NFL 2020 draft. Digger Man Sports. So let's talk about the AFC West. All I can say is going to be a world-class track meet. We already know what the Kansas City Chiefs bring to the table with that high-powered offense and just so much speed. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders, first and foremost, they added Nelson Anglor in the offseason. And now three out of their first four draft picks were wide receivers. Henry Ruggs, Lynn Bowden, and Brian Edwards. Hold on. Let's talk about Denver really quick. Denver, on the other hand, they added another big-time tight end. And two of their first picks were wide receivers. Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamlin. Now, Denver last year selected one of the top tight ends, Noah Fant, ran a 4-5-40. Well, this guy this year, they drafted Albert Akliwabaman, I know I've killed his name, ran a 4-4-9-40. And this guy's like 6-7. So if you can't stop him, you're going to run with them. The AFC West will be interesting this year. Everybody's loading up on the offensive side of the ball. I guess they figure, hey, we can't stop them. Let's try to keep up with them. 
Now let's talk about a team that came so close last year in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. Hands down, this organization, in my opinion, is the best drafting organization. Hands down. Year in and year out. This offseason, these guys, they re-signed, well, they franchise tag Matthew Judon. But they made a huge trade for Calais Campbell to sure up that defense, to make it even stronger, bigger, more physical. Now, they also brought Jimmy Smith back. They signed Derek Wolf, another D lineman. And on the offensive side of the ball, from a lineman's perspective, they signed DJ Fluker. Their draft picks, solid. Patrick McQueen, linebacker out of LSU. J.K. Dobbins, the running back out of Ohio State. And then they picked up a wide receiver from Texas, Devin DuVernay. Great route runner, has great speed. Baltimore's already loaded, guys. But I think Baltimore, for them, what they're going to rely on is that old school mentality. They're going to just out physical, be the more physical team against Kansas City. And I feel like they know that they can just lay on them, wear on them. It's like a big man in the post in basketball. The more and more you lay on that guy, the more and more you just continue to just put your weight on him, he tires out. Even in boxing. So I feel like the Ravens know that their strength is running the ball, time possession, and they're going to hit you in the mouth on the defensive side of the ball. These guys are extremely loaded. They just got better by adding Calais Campbell, added a few other pieces to the offensive side. They're going to be there in the, in the, at the end uh, with Kansas City or going making that Super Bowl run. Baltimore will be a major factor, a major player in the AFC this upcoming season. Another team that stood out to me in the draft this year was the Patriots. The Patriots did not select a quarterback in the entire draft. <laughs> so, the Patriots, they're loading up on defense and they're getting younger. I believe they're setting the stage up for the type of play when Tom Brady was his first couple of seasons with them. Remember, it was just strictly a defensive ball club. And once Drew, um, I was about to say Drew Brees, and once Drew Bledsoe was injured, that's when Tom Brady took over the reins, right? Not a lot of faith in Tom at that time. It was all about the defense, running the ball, time possession. That's what Bill Belichick is going to get back to. We all know and understand that he's a defensive mastermind. So what does that mean for next season? Bill feels as though he can do enough defensively 
on the defensive side of the ball to be relevant in the AFC East. Now, I did pick them to place third in the East this upcoming season because I think Bill's going to play his cards to continue to get younger on the defensive side of the ball, gain that experience, have a top five defense by next season, He'll have all those draft picks. And guess what? He's going to make a move in the draft for a quarterback at that point in time. That quarterback will be Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, Bill understands that those first few Super Bowl runs that New England made, it was all about the defense. And this will be the time to do it. You have a young defense gaining all that experience. And the only thing that you need to do is continue to pay uh, a few veterans here and there. Before they would have to make that huge uh, contract uh, for a quarterback. Which would be Trevor Lawrence. So they're going to play this out. Doing his rookie deal, his, his 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 rookie deal, to try to be strong enough defensively to make runs in the playoffs and possibly win a Super Bowl before it's time to make that big payday to Trevor. I'm telling you, that's the play, and then they will position themselves well again to be relevant in the East. Now, lastly, what stood out to me in this draft was the Green Bay Packers. Oh, my goodness. A lot of people just talking about the organization did Aaron Rodgers so wrong by not having a conversation with him about their plans to draft a quarterback, Jordan Love. Well, when is it that a lot of that these teams have conversations with defensive linemen, uh, running backs, cornerbacks, whomever it may be, when they cut them unexpectedly. Listen, NFL stands for not for long. This is a business, and these guys are setting themselves up for the post-Aaron Rodgers era. So Aaron can do one or two things. He can show he's still the man, let it roll off his shoulders, or he can just be a butthole. And he's already kind of shoddy with the, with the media. So what I believe is this. Aaron Rodgers will have many more productive years. However, Whenever that contract is up, Jordan Love will be falling into place as that new quarterback for the Packers. Was a bit bizarre to select a quarterback when you were in the NFC Championship game and the San Francisco 49ers continue to just run it down your throat. You would think that they would have tried to do something defensively to tighten that defense up a little bit more to get themselves an opportunity to get back to that dance 
the NFC Championship game and position themselves, whether it's the 49ers or whoever it may be, to win that game to get, get back to the Super Bowl. That would have been a logical choice or option to, to select the best available defensive player. However, they're looking post Aaron Rodgers era to make a move. They want that to be seamless. They want that as soon as he's done, plug and play. Continue rolling. Green Bay is an organization that feels as though they develop quarterbacks. No different from the way it was from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, right? And that's the reason why I said, why do they owe him anything? They don't. It's a business. Well, listen, I want to thank you for just joining me again this week for another episode of Digger Man Sports. Thank you for listening to my perspective on this year's 2020 NFL Draft. And there's a lot more in store for you in the next couple, couple of weeks coming up. Thanks again, and look out for more. Digger Man Sports, we out of here.